Welcome to the Israel Conversation by Massah Leadership and Impact Center, the content engine behind Massah Israel Journey. We bring contemporary, challenging, and compelling Israel issues to light in ways that help us stay connected with what's really going on on the ground. I'm your host, Michael Unterberg, here with guest host and producer Matt Lippman. How's it going, Matt? Very well, thank you, Michael. Good morning. Good morning. And, well, I should say we're recording on Monday morning because... The news changes so fast that we have to identify what minute we're because today's topic is the chaos in the coalition, which was more alliterative than I wanted it to be. And our guest is our political expert, Rachel. How's it going, Rachel? Hi, everything's good. So far, so good. <laughs> so far, so good. Okay, well. As you said, everything can change in a minute in this country. So, yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, you know, every time something happens in the parliamentary hijinks, we think, well, maybe we should do an episode, and then something changes. So we were we were trying to decide if we should do a Kahana episode about the Norwegian law, and now we have a merits member out of the coalition, and then realizing that that didn't really make sense, and now coming back into the coalition. Can you give us some background on, on what just happened, Rachel? Yes. First of all, it's not something new. We just had that situation a few months ago with uh, with member of the Knesset Silman. Mm-hmm. Just this this time happened with the other political side, like uh, with the left. Uh, uh, she's a member of the Knesset. She's a, a merits member of the Knesset, an Arab member, and she just uh, like last week she sent a resig. It's not a resignation letter. Let me be clear with this. She's not resigning to the Knesset. What mm-hmm. she did, uh, she actually left the coalition. It doesn't mean that she's leaving the Knesset. She's still a member of the Knesset, uh, and she sent a letter to the to the to 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 the head of the Knesset saying that she's leaving the coalition because she's not agreeing with what the coalition is doing in terms of her ideology and in terms of her goals or political goals. And that it was very, very weird because she didn't even notice the head of the merits party that she's doing it. Mm-hmm. And in the same day, nobody's finding she her. She didn't notify him, yeah. She did not notify anyone. And and how, do, how do you pronounce, her name is Gaida Zawabi? How do you pronounce her first Ga- name? Gaida Zawabi, something yeah. like that. Sorry, I'm not an expert in Arab. Yeah. Uh, she's from Nazareth and she's very into local politi- politics. She, she She's really, she cares about the rights and the benefits and, and, and actually the budget that the local Arab communities get. That's mm-hmm. her her agenda in the Knesset. So that's also why she decided to left. She said that they're not taking care as they have to take to care. And also she said that uh, many promises that she got, uh, they're not really becoming true or, or real. So she left. She, she was announcing that she left. In the same day, everyone is trying to call her. Even members of the marriage party are going to her house to look for her. And she's not at the house. Like she, she just got lost. She's ghosting their, them t- totally. And nobody is understanding what happened. Like the news knew that, uh, that she left, but that's it. They're not finding her. And I think on uh, Saturday night after Shabbat, when I think she was in the news and she just explained why she did it, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. And as you say, well, she explained, yesterday. she gave a reason why she did it, whether that was the real yeah. reason or not, it's hard to tell, but 
<laughs> that she felt That's that the right. government was too right wing when I, I don't know what had happened over that week. That no, mainly mainly because of the clashes in in the in the Temple Mount, and also she said that the government didn't send uh, a sorry letter to to not the government, the, the police after mm-hmm. the funeral of this uh, journalist that was killed in in Janine. So so she said that also in the news, mm-hmm. and and. As you said yesterday, everything changed. She just Yair Lapid, which is not he's not member of the Merit Party, convinced no. her, or I don't know which compromise that uh, they talk about a compromise, uh, and then she she came back to the coalition. So everything that I said before, I, I don't know. Uh, I, I so think now she, she doesn't promised, care about the riots no, on she, on the Temple she, Mount or. Apologies to Shireen funeral. Like what, 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 in other words, if you say the reason is those principles and then somebody mm-hmm. convinces you to come back, did he convince her that those principles? Yeah. Mainly what, what again, I, we didn't get the record, re, the recording of that. Meeting, yeah. Okay. We don't know exactly what are the details and what exactly they spoke about, but we can be sure that something was promised there something mm-hmm. something will be fixed i don't know how mainly with budget uh because of course yesterday there were a lot of reactions after this decision and the most i don't know uh <laughs> a important reaction was uh Vivi Netanyahu's reaction i don't know if you see it or you heard it no. he actually shouted so it was very easy to 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 hear him in his facebook live he said again that uh, the government is selling itself to the Arabs, and they're giving—they're just giving away a lot of budget only to the Arabs and not to the Jews, or hmm. you know, like—and and so maybe they spoke about some budget, maybe to the local to the local uh, Arab communities or to the Arab cities, mainly Nazareth. We are not exactly sure what was the promise there, but it was enough to convince her to go back. <laughs> and and. How much of it could be that she realized after she left that the alternative to this coalition was probably a Netanyahu attempt at a coalition, and that leaving this coalition does not make things better for the Arab-Israeli community? That's right. That's a problem. And that's why it's so delicate, the situation. It's just really delicate, mainly because of the of the non-majority that the coalition has. So mm-hmm. if she would left the coalition, the coalition will be with only 59 members of the Knesset. Mm-hmm. It's not a majority. It's actually a minority. Right. But my student said, oh, that's it. So now we go to elections. And I said, no, not so fast. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, we, we had in history many governments that actually survived with a minority coalition. And also... Like for example, it happens in many countries that mm-hmm. the coalition can survive with a with a minority. Of course, they have to secure some support from the opposition in mainly in in, in some cases on the, or in some topics. For example, I don't know if they want to to have a special law, and so they they, they try to convince some people of the opposition to actually support them. Okay, mm-hmm. but it, it happened in the past in Israel, and it could happen, and they can survive if they. There's no. Play there must be good. a lower number. Like if they go down to forty, do you know what I mean? Like there, <laughs> you can. 
I don't know. It's very strategic. So they can actually uh, vote a non-confident vote in that week and that's it, you know? And that's the uh, issue, that the opposition yeah. has to unite to vote to take apart the minority, which you would think yeah. would be easy. Because yeah. if the government has 59, the opposition has 61, but you still need all 61 to agree to vote that's to right. dismantle the government. And the opposition can't unite enough mm. to do that. So, which is actually, why for all, all, all BB's jumping and down, he can't unite the opposition as a leader of the opposition. He can't unite them to dismantle the government. That's right. right. Because he's the people he'd be relying on now to dismantle the government are also the Arabs, right? The, That's yeah, right. From the different party, which is... The joint list. Right, which is the crazy irony of this, right? That Netanyahu is saying, oh, you're getting into bed with the Arabs, you're, you're helping the Arabs too much. But he would need the support of the Arabs to get rid of the other Arabs, right? Like, well, he can, say, he can say I'm being consistent because they won't work with him right. to overthrow the current coalition. They don't support it, but they also won't dismantle it. So he doesn't have the 61 votes. That's right. Actually, last week when uh, a guy, Zouavi, announced that she's, she left the, the coalition, so they were also speaking about that because they were, they were speaking about uh, um, um, bringing this, this, uh, this law, the, the non-confident vote, this mm -hmm. Wednesday in the Knesset. Mm -hmm. So they say, is she going to vote for the law or against the law or she would abstain? Mm -hmm. So... They were actually just speaking about that, and and now there's not like we don't have to speak about the issue because she she actually uh, she's now in the coalition. But it could be like the the the, the scenario you spoke about was a possible scenario this week. Actually, this Wednesday they were trying to propose this non-confident vote, and again the the the, the debate was that that they, actually the joint list wanted to to propose the law, <laughs> the Arab joint list, mm -hmm. and. It's funny because maybe if they wanted to happen, like to 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 dissolve the government, so the joint list and the Likud will have to vote together if mm -hmm. they want to. And the thing is that in the same day, it actually uh, announced uh, a poll, which who will win the elections if we had elections. So again, the Likud, no, nobody has a majority again, but the one who has more votes is the Likud. Mm -hmm. So it would be funny if the joint list turned down the government with his with, with, with his uh, non-confident law, and the uh, Likud would actually win the election. So, so I don't know. It's it's the irony of the Israeli politics. So that's well, what that's I don't probably understand. why they're not voting for no confidence. Right, and that's what I don't understand because something you mentioned before that I'd like to ask you about is you said that um, she um, she realized that if she did bring down the government or was part of bringing down the government. The alternative would be a Netanyahu-led right-wing government, right? And and then she decided not to go with that. I mean, she's clearly not an idiot. <laughs> so <laughs> what made her realize this suddenly within the space of like 24 hours? Because anyone could have told her that before she quit the government. So what, you think it was just promises that was made or there was something else happening? Well, I, if or? I could just interrupt, it, the alternative probably isn't a Netanyahu-led government. It's another cycle of elections. Because sure. Netanyahu can't get the numbers together, right? So it's more but, election chaos. Nachon, but I, I, but that would still give him a good chance. It would give him a fighting chance. Yeah. yeah. So That's why right. didn't she realize that before she quit? Like, First of all, I think it was like a little, like a, like a show. <laughs> you know, okay. I think it was more symbolic than anything else. We, we don't know if she 
like she did it and then she knew that it would that she would regret and, and that's it i'm not sure okay maybe she just do it as, as a strategic uh, move in order to get what she want and she was expecting lapi to do it maybe before and then she did this uh, and i know i know everything that she did there was okay, some she was like, promised some kind of uh, ambassadorship in china or something uh, that's right you know why you know in, in the in the world and also in israel they just send you far away in order to know like if you're far away you cannot do problems inside the government mm-hmm. you know <laughs> so that, it's that's a cool move to people... a, it's a cool move to a feisty <laughs> politician yeah you give them yeah, ambassadorship they like it yeah i can give you keeps... many examples even today uh-huh. like i can give you a, a small example why gilad erdan the good mm-hmm. member it's in the un now because he was a really strong competition to to the vivian netanyahu Again, it's not an official explanation. She right. has a lot of skills and she's a very good politician. But things, th- this is a very good way to, to calm situations if, if the situation depends on one person. And if it's a, a threat or something like that, a political threat. So that's what you do. You're going to Shanghai and you will stay there. So yes, they wanted to send her to Shanghai. And because, again, because of, I, I, I'm not sure why. I think it's politics or something didn't fix. Uh, There's red tape, yeah. It was going to take I'm time. I'm not sure. Yeah, it's been, like it took time, and mm-hmm. and that's it. They they said maybe she could be a problem inside the coalition. Okay, they expected this. Mm-hmm. Again, it's my analysis and my opinion, but it sounds it sounds logical. I'm not sure. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and I think Lapid as the foreign minister, uh, maybe he wanted to promise her dad in order to calm the situation and to uh, and to avoid this kind of things that we had last last week. <laughs> I'm not sure. Now she's here. She's not in Shanghai, and we have to deal with it. Okay, so so yeah, and maybe maybe really like she. I'm not sure she she planned to 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 go back and and uh, I don't know accept what Lapid said, but I think she really planned to 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 start something to move something in the in the coalition stability. She wanted to make a statement, and she and she did it, and like she did. Many other people in the coalition can do it every day. As you said, today we have to be very, very uh, into the news because anyone can do it and anyone can make these kind of statements. Sometimes could be real and actually can help uh, turn down the government and the coalition and sometimes can help them get his own interest and to complete their agendas, like happened with Zoabi. I don't know what happened. Well, what can happen today or tomorrow, but now it became like a like a strategic move to do it and it's very scary because any they can turn on the government anytime specifically if if they will start voting non-confident votes every every day in the knesset so when you have these very close margins you know 60 60 then every individual counts and so they have a disproportionate spoiler power and they become Mm -hmm. masters of the game so to speak, even though so, I, don't, I don't think she's really the minister of the game. I wonder how much it will sort of like paralyze the government because if every day somebody else leaves or threatens to leave, right? It takes for the for the oh, foreign minister of this that, country, right? But the completely. foreign minister it will well, completely paralyze the government. Yeah. I'm sure because if the foreign minister is using his time now every day to go and convince someone to, jo- to join the coalition or to rejoin or not leave, wh- when is he doing his job as the foreign minister? It's all minister? shenanigans. It's all yeah. shenanigans. Or the prime minister. Yeah. Or Bennett. The- Bennett also did it with Silman. Like, like <laughs> they are busy with that. It's not new. Like, it's, they also have to, 
to take care of their coalition and it's always to takes time and 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 an effort but in this Guys, case it's 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 crazy it's like totally okay because to Israel has zero domestic or international problems and so there's really nothing for them to do <laughs> so you know as as members of the government they have to have to keep busy doing something you know it's not like but it's so bored they so bored. yeah oh you know everything is perfect here so there's I, nothing that we need government to do to make our lives better i was just going to ask you so 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 aside from a situation where there was a coalition which is much more like say 70 50 or or, or much more, um, I don't know, like more stronger in terms of the numbers. Is there anything that can be done to prevent this? Like I spoke about these issues, I don't know, like two years ago when we started with these rounds of, of elections, after elections and elections. I think the issue is about how, how the people choose the way they vote today. It's actually... It, it, it's related to that because we can change maybe the political system and maybe we can strand the, the thing that you don't have to have certain majorities in some laws or something like that. But I think the, the, the society and the parties are so divided that you are not able to actually build a strong, stable coalition anymore. You're not able to do it. Like you can, you can see for the last three years, all the polls that you that you that you can do, all the polls reflect the the, the situation of not having a strong and stable coalition, and that you. Well, Yuri Edelstein to... had a very simple solution. What? Over the weekend, he said, "Look, either Likud has to show, Bibi has to show that he can put together an alternative coalition, yeah. or we have to have a different leader in Likud, and it's time yes. to really take that conversation seriously." And you're hearing that also. You heard it a little bit hints about it from the Haredi party, UTJ, from Gafni, that yeah. that the right-wing parties are, are really saying, take Bibi out of the equation, and we've got a That's strong right-wing right coalition. Bibi's the problem. That's Bibi, right. That, yeah. That's what I wanted to say, that it's not about, again, it's not about ideology, it's not about mm -hmm. even the, the political platforms of the parties. Like in the last three years, maybe two years, it's, it's Bibi yes or, or Bibi no. And it's not enough to help to hold a coalition. As you can, we can see now the coalition that we have today. It's a coalition of no Vivi. And it's struggling a lot because there are many other issues here in this country and around the, the region that it's not only about Vivi. <laughs> like we have the situations of the Temple Mount, which is very ideological and even religious. And in the coalition, we have people of different religion and ideologies. If you can hold it together, okay, but there could be some issues that will not hold together your coalition. And the reason of the coalition, it cannot only be BB yes or BB no. So there's something we can we, we have to change. And what well, Edelstein... Mm -hmm. I would suggest yeah. that there's two reasons for the coalition. One of them is BB no, and the other mm -hmm. one is elections no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> In other words, we have to at least not be constantly in election cycle. So yeah, because maybe can come back. That's that's the thing again. <laughs> okay, it's but it's also <laughs> well. I think the idea was to to create stability, and what you're pointing out is it's trading one form of instability for another form of instability. Instead right. of having a lame duck government because there's always another election coming, it's a lame duck government because they can't get anything passed. That's right. Well. Actually, they, we can we can see that stability when they actually passed. You remember when they passed the budget, 
which mm -hmm. was impossible to do it before that because of the instability of, of, of Bibi and also because we had elections after elections. Mm -hmm. They actually passing the budget was the sign that they can actually can have some compromises as a coalition in order to pass the budget and start mm -hmm. moving things in this country because we didn't have an, uh, an actual budget for many years. And when it happens, many laws were starting to pass and many mm -hmm. projects were starting to happen. And it just happened now in, in the last months, in the last few months. So we, many, many ministers, for example, uh, the transportation minister, all those ministers that actually have many like technical projects mm -hmm. that they actually, they're actually happening. And that's something that gives us hope, you know, as a government, you have to like, you have to do not only discuss and speak, right. and it's, it's happening now. We are like in a big momentum in this, in this, in these terms, like if we speak about projects happening, but if we have, Again, a political crisis, and we have now elections. You know mm -hmm. that can harm actually these projects, and it could be it could be a like it would be very difficult to come the, to, to bring them back again after well, that was a new that was Matt's question. Like the, you just can't function like this if every day you're resolving the crisis du jour, then the hard work of actually technically running a country gets put. You're so busy dealing with what's urgent, you never get to dealing with what's important. That's right. I have a very good example. Yesterday, we had also this crisis with, with Zoavi. Well, they actually fixed the, the, the crisis, maybe, for now. But they also passed a very important law uh, regarding the disabled people in Israel, you mm -hmm. know, where you speak about urgent and important. Mm -hmm. And it was a law that for many years it was stocked because it didn't have a, the, 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 the enough budget. And it's passed. Now they have more rights. I'm not sure exactly what the law about but it really helps all the disabled people in terms of their rights in this country. And these small things actually are right. happening because the government is kind of functioning <laughs> now. That's why I think there, there is a reason to have this dysfunctional government is better than constant elections because That's at least right. something happens. Although even on an issue which almost everyone agrees on, you know, an issue like refunding an already existing problem that gives combat soldiers like financial aid to go to university, and BB tells Likudniks not to vote for a law to re to refund a, a a thing that they created, which everyone agrees. Now, Ra'am, the Arab Party, didn't vote for it, but all the Zionist parties voted for it. And certainly, Likud, and that created real dissension and argument in Likud. Inside, you mean for yeah. political reasons we shouldn't vote for it, even though funding this program really helps soldiers who are currently using it. And if we don't vote for it, it'll defund and it'll hurt soldiers getting an education. Like how much poli political games right. can we play here in Likud? And, and then they said, no, it's because we won't vote for it unless it's fully funded, but it's never been fully funded. It's always been two thirds funded. And then uh, it's... Actually, this situation would also give the parties, as you said, Yudli Edelstein, which, which we know that it's right. just waiting, um, waiting for Bibi to, to resign or to, to have an inter, uh, uh, primary selection inside the Likud and win. He, she's really waiting to be the leader of the Likud. And, and this situation can also give that uh, opportunity to have new leadership inside the parties that are actually in the opposition. Mm -hmm. It gives them the, the opportunity to, because they are not ministries, they are not 
like they don't have any other responsibilities only to be a member of the Knesset and, and vote for their laws or proposed laws. But they have more time also to deal with their internal issues in the parties. And I think Edelstein was very clever to, to yeah. start speaking about in these days, like uh, about, about taking over the Likud leadership. Because again, if we have again a situation of, 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 of elections and Bibi will lead the, the, the Likud, we will have the same situation that we have in the last two years. Oh, sure. Yeah. And or we'd end up with a coalition also similarly fragile, right? Of like the 60, even yeah. if you pull together right wing government. Right, yeah. but even if we had a BB government, at least based on polling and, and previous results and things like that, it would be what, 61, 62, 60, right? But he'd have problem. to get members of the current coalition to go with him. And who is he going, going to get? To, no, whereas if, if um, the right wing parties, you're not going to get, you're not going to get Gideon right. Saar, whose whole party is weirdly good, but we won't work with Netanyahu. You're not going to get a Victor Lieberman, who's the one who broke the coalition. You're not going to get Naftali Bennett to join with Bibi. You're not going to get Yair Lapid or Benny Gantz to join. You just go through the parties that in theory could sit. He can't get those numbers. He can't. And it turns out, and now he's starting to lose. It turns out if you, if you, if you practice that kind of self-interested smash everything around me politics, if you're not building, politics has to be, to be ultimately successful in a democracy it has to be based on addition, not division. And so since he's a divide and conquer guy, eventually he ends up isolated and it's starting to crack even, even within loyalists like UTJ and even within Likud people are, are pointing out the obvious. takes nothing away from his accomplishments, not only for being the longest serving prime minister in the history of Israel, but being the prime minister of a period of economic prosperity, relative security, uh, diplomatic successes that he he has he has every right to to boast about his marvelous successes as prime minister, but the political gamesmanship that he's injected into the system has now become what obsesses the Knesset and it's desperately unhealthy. His trial, by the way, he can boast he's he's going to walk away. I mean, I, I'm not we we famously don't predict on this podcast. He's walking away clean on all those charges. Though this trial is not going well for the prosecution. He he's there's enough dust in the air. He's he's going to walk away clean from this. Mm-hmm. So, he's his strategy, he's a tactician whose strategy is live to fight another day and I'll see what I can do. Let me just keep the balls in the air and I'll see where I can, you know, claw a victory out. And that's not a long-term successful strategy. It's I, it's not good for the country. That's right. And also uh, this instability, given the fact that we have also many topics, again, I'm going back to the Temple Mount, mm-hmm. that it's really, uh, they're very explosive topics. Mm-hmm. It's also giving strength also to, the, to, to some political extremists that are gaining power mm-hmm. um, because of those topics. And, they're, and we also, we cannot forget them. For example, in the poll, again, polls, be very tricky, but if we see the poll that they actually uh, published yesterday, Bengvir by himself, if he creates a party tomorrow, he will get six seats. What? Yeah. <laughs> According to one poll, okay, it's not like, uh, but you know, Bengvir, you know, we, we, we know Bengvir is very. It's my right. the racist and anti Arab. And, and why? Because again, uh, the, the, the Arab. The, the Arabs are in the agenda, are number one in the agenda today. And we, we can see it, okay, that Lapid's sitting with an Arab member and 
he's trying to promise her budgets or I don't know what. But in the other side, there are many people that their agenda is to be against the Arab in any terms. So it's also strengthening the other side. And so if Bibi or the Likud will, will try to conform a government if we have elections, the first one who will be inside the government will be those kind of right, uh, extreme right in the government. Only if so, you can build a coalition without any Arab parties. That's exact. Bibi created Benvir's redempted yeah. career. Benvir yeah. couldn't get into Knesset. Bibi reshuffled things to get him in so that he could have more right-wing seats and then tried right. to join with the Arab party Ram. And they were like, we're not going to be in a coalition with you. And Bibi's still stuck with that problem. That's and the, right. and the, the unprincipled... Look, in the Republic, Socrates argues that the reason he doesn't like democracy is that a democracy is like being on a ship where the navigator... I've, ta- I've given this... Uh, this is always in my head when I think about Israeli politics today. The navigators are all in the back of the ship and the ship is being controlled. The tiller, you know, the steering thing is being controlled by people who are really good at elbowing other guys out of the way to grab the steering wheel. You end up with a country that's guys who know how to grab a steering wheel run run the ship. But they don't know how to steer a ship. They don't know how to get the ship to its destination. And so that's a little bit what we're seeing. A guy who for years was really gra- great at grabbing the steering wheel. Again, great at many, many things. But ultimately now he's simply involved in grabbing the steering wheel. And so you have this culture of steering wheel fighting instead mm-hmm. of guiding the country. And it's, I think, desperately unhealthy. I think it's reasonable to be optimistic that this is an ugly period. Right. <laughs> you know, Bibi should be healthy and live till 120. But I, he's not. he's not eternal. Like this is not, even in the foreseeable future, things could change and we could get back into a, a country that's really sick of the shenanigans and wants government to get back to the work. Because the Israeli voters are also there. You know what I mean? Like the majority of Israeli voters are like, could you guys just, seriously, like if this was a kindergarten, I would expect better behavior than this tomfoolery. <laughs> right. That's right. It would be only interesting to have elections soon, only to see how the public will react to this to this new election after we already had a year of a kind of stable government. It would be really interesting to see uh, the percentage of voters that will actually go and vote in this case, or I don't know. It, it, it'll it's be just very curious. right wing. I'm, ju- I'm just curious. Yeah, it'll be very right because wing. It, mm-hmm. And about the Arabs as well, because actually the Arabs are getting attention in this mm-hmm. government a lot. So it will be interesting also to see how the Arabs will vote, if the percentage of Arabs will actually go out and vote. Uh, I don't know. They've I'm just curious, activated. but I don't want elections. I don't want elections yeah, now. Exactly. For me. I don't want, but if we have, I'm curious only to see how the percentages will change and participation as well, of, of political participation of the public. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I, I'm a centrist guy, but... Uh, uh, what Yuli Edelstein is describing to me feels tempting. Stability, it's a right-wing coalition easily made, and then stability. And then I might disagree with some of the political choices and behaviors. But our Arab parties and Arab politicians have been activated by Bibi Netanyahu, who created the precedent of putting them into a government government coalition, into into a forthright, powerful role that, that is really new for Israel. So I do you agree, Rachel, that I have reasons to hold on to my optimism? That the Always. Okay, oh, you're always optimistic, Michael. And being optimistic in this country is the best 
thing that you can be. <laughs> yeah. If not, you can be very miserable. <laughs> we have to be optimistic. And specifically with politics, I, I don't know for how long we will have this government. Right. But it will take time to turn it down, like, even if we have a non-confident vote. So it's a, it's a long process. It's not like automatic. Right. That could be something that could be automatic, actually, but we will not get into those details. But <laughs> it would take time, okay? It would take time. What could trigger it automatically, and, aside from not passing a budget? That's it. <laughs> Only the budget. That's it. That's the one. And yeah, that's yeah. in the because, fall. Because a non-confident, we need three... Three rounds. Rounds. Thank you. Like three rounds of voting, you know. You with 61 people, the, the, 61 and with, and members. And the third one would have to be with 61 members. So it's not easy to pass an unconfident vote. Okay, it's not like automatic, that's it. We voted today, elections right. tomorrow. It's not happening for now. And they will work very hard in order to avoid these kind of situations. Uh, but if we speak about it all the time, it also can harm the agenda of the Knesset. Okay, so we don't want it to be the main topic. <laughs> So, Rachel, uh, specifically, what do you predict for this week specifically so we can hold you? No, just kidding. There's no way. <laughs> I was going to say, Michael, you're breaking your own rules. <laughs> I, don't like you. I don't like to predict as well in, in political, in the Israeli politics, again, because they're surprising. They're still surprising me. Like yesterday, I said to my husband, I, I cannot believe that the politics, the Israeli politics is still surprising me. Like, yeah. I stopped paying attention having... to the news yesterday because I was so frustrated. And only this morning, Matt told me that she was back in the... <laughs> I was like, what? No, I, I said, I cannot believe she's back. Like, she did all the effort. I don't know how many things happened in those days for her. She just left her house for many days. I, I don't know what happened to her. And then everything is okay now. <laughs> so Honestly, Rachel, that's crazy. why I think it wasn't strategic. It just looks confused. Just, maybe she, she tried to do that strategic and then, I don't know, she just regret. You know, at the beginning, I started like, thinking about... Uh, how do you say that? Uh, conspiration theories. Conspiracy I thought theory, that maybe yeah. conspiracy theories. Maybe she was being thread or something. That's what mm. I thought at the beginning. You know, in the Arab society, happens not only in the Arab society, but you know that they are being uh, threatened by something. Maybe she, she you know, because she's uh, supporting the Zionist. I don't know. And maybe she just left the country. I don't know. <laughs> I, I have a rule. Start to think, I have a rule. Start to thinking a, about those things. And then seeing yeah. her in the, in, the, in the news in, in Saturday night, I said, okay, now she's here. And she did it. She thought about it. She's not right. being threatened. She's fine. Okay. I have a rule <laughs> called the rule of assumed sophistication that you're like, I know where I work, where I go to school, everyone's dysfunctional. But I'm sure at like this hospital or this army or this government, they're professionals. They know what they're doing. And the truth is everything works just like the way you are. That's why everybody likes the TV show The Office or Dilbert. Like everyone gets <laughs> that we all work in dysfunctional bureaucracies, and and yeah. people are and and what what I, what I think this is also true of democracies. But another tool I use when I analyze people is: are they being strategic? I mean, meaning having a very clear angle, and then working backwards to have the steps that you need to get there, or are they being tactical? They are saying, "I want to do this," and I think she she's a lot of politicians are tactical not strategic and this i think she was let me just do this and then she realized that this is not going to work and was convinced <laughs> that it wasn't going to work yeah and so we're, we're we're in a we're in a you know i think of it as chess versus checkers we're in a we're in a checkers stage of politics when that's we right. really need some good chess players out there that's right we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there. we hope <laughs> yeah we live in hope so thank you very much, Rachel. Thank you so much. You're and welcome. Let's speak tomorrow and see what will happen. Yeah, we could do, we could do it. We could do it tomorrow. 
I mean, I, I, if you want, we could start a daily short podcast in addition to the one weekly longer one. But uh, I, I think just explaining what's going on. But of course, you can also read newspapers. Well, not newspapers. Look how old I am. But our listeners can, of <laughs> course, you know, read the news in English. This is just to give some background and thing. But you should be. And of course, Matt's uh, WhatsApp updates, which give you the headlines. So hopefully this will... Uh, because uh, students are asking me to explain it, and it is exhausting. Now at least we have an episode that uh, that gives some perspective on. Just send in the link. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's it, it really is tomfoolery and shenanigans. You know, in your thing, Matt, you sent to the group like, "How do I talk about Zoabi?" And the conclusion was, "Nobody knows what's going to happen." Was the best way to explain the story. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, and, and here we well. are. And here we are. <laughs> yep. And we'll see what happens tomorrow. By the way, if you look at it sort of in cold blood, just without thinking about the, the dysfunction consequences, it's really interesting. Really? It's fun. Yeah, <laughs> the game of it, the sports That's of it. Right. All right, you guys, thank you so much. Well, thank, thank you. you. Have thank a great you, day. Bye. And you, it's, it's now 9.14, Monday, May 23rd, so that you know that that's the news we were up to. Um, we don't have to log out of the Zoom, but I am going to end the recording because it's the end of the episode. Bye-bye. Masah Israel Journey is dedicated to shaping a promising future for the young Jewish individual, the global Jewish community, and the connection to the state of Israel. Masah offers life-transforming, long-term opportunities in Israel that allows fellows to create their own future. Check out MasahIsrael.org for more info.